Ciao ragazzi, it's the Milan Guys podcast episode 28. We have three Milan guys here with a very special guest, Serie A commentator Patrick Kendrick. Patrick, thank you so much for being on here. It's an honor. My pleasure. Delighted to be here. Awesome. So, we're not going to beat around the bush. Let's get right into it. Milan Sparta Prague won nothing yesterday with a very youthful lineup, I'd say. Uh, it, well, yeah, with guys that who I think Leo Duarte didn't start for a full year. I believe he didn't have a start. I think he started against Lazio, which was last year, which was a dreadful, dreadful loss. Um, but yeah, Milan came out victorious with a beautiful goal from Jans Peter Helga. Just this guy, this Norwegian stud, um, the way the way he it's it's weird. Like when, when he gets the ball, it's like okay, what is he gonna do with it? And it's so casual, but he just. He nutmegs everybody. It's crazy. And then he did the same thing to the defender again, like 20 minutes later. And he, the guy obstructed him. It could have been a rigore. But um, just see what a, what a player he's, he's turned out to be for a cheap, or what, a 5 million euro or something like that. Um, but yeah, does uh, Umbi or Marco, do you guys have anything to say about, about last, yesterday's game? Uh, yeah, Marco, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go. Yesterday, I was really impressed because I like the starting lineup that Pioli put out. I think putting all those guys was a great decision. You need to give Colombo, Maldini, all those other guys. Kalulu was playing. Conti, I was happy to see. He had the captain's armband, which was nice. But uh, I have to say, I was really impressed by Tonali. I think seeing him on the ball, he was more dominant in the midfield. He controlled the game and just he had some really good opportunities that he did create. So he, for me, was a star, uh, standout player. Of course, he had Hog, but I think... Uh, you know, what I, what I also saw was Maldini, he was a little bit kind of off a bit. And I think for him, which wouldn't be a bad idea, maybe January he goes out on loan to get some more playing time. I think he really needs it still. Um, yeah, uh, basically going off what Marco said. Um, I, I loved the lineup Pioldi put out. It was just a, like a big energy move. Like he said, okay, we made it. Let's hope for Lille to to self implode, like they did. They did. Let's, yeah. let's at least get a goal. Let's let's make sure we win. And uh, yeah, so Marco said he was surprised with uh, Tonali. I was surprised with Tatarusano and with Kalulu. Beautiful saves by Tatarusano. Like, yeah, and like Kalulu. Yeah, Kalulu made that that big mistake at the end where Tatarusano had to like kind of save him mm-hmm. with that nice little one on one save in the what was it ninety. 92nd, yeah, 93rd or something. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, we all made fun of him after the Roma game. <laughs> but, hey, he did some, He earned us an extra 500 million euros in prize money. He secured us not playing any Premier League teams in the round of 32. Did you, say, any, did you say 500 million? No, sorry, not 500 million. 500,000. <laughs> I wish 500 oh my million. God. <laughs> I wish. You are going to say Mila, weren't you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was... Like it wasn't, it wasn't a super exciting game. It wasn't a boring game. Like Hauge uh, showed me flashes of Young Min Son, which I really loved. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Were you were you able to catch the match, Patrick, or no? I didn't, but I was at the previous one against Celtic. I've been I've been very impressed with uh, with Milan in Europe. I have to say, well, I've been impressed with Milan all, all season. Um, it's hard not to be. But yeah, finishing top of the group whilst being. At the summit of Serie A with a five-point cushion, I mean, it, it, you must be pinching yourselves as Milan fans. Crazy! It's, yeah. just, it's been a it's just, back in the day. 
Yeah, it's been a rough, just been a rough seven or eight years, right? Like it's, I was watching some, um, there's a YouTube channel that has like highlights, like every Milan goal, like for the last like five, six years. And I was watching some of those highlights and thinking, wow, like what a sad, sad lineup it was in like, let's say 2015. Uh, and then the, the run of coaches, you know, I mean, people in Zaga, my favorite players of all time, but let's face it, he, he wasn't ready for that role. Uh, even Seydorf did a decent job, but they let him go. We still don't know what happened with that. Very odd. Um, and then we had Christian Brocki as in. <laughs> Christian Brocki, who's now... Yeah, he did well. Yeah, he, did he did well as the yeah. intern. Yeah, he was okay, but like uh, obviously he's at Monza now, which is... The thing is that when Milan made all these mistakes with bringing in these coaches who aren't ready for Milan, they have to go to like like with Nzaghi, he goes he goes to Venezia and then he does uh and he goes to Benevento and now look at him now he's in Serie A and, and that ill fated spell with Bologna which a lot of people oh forget yes as well. Bologna yes he, yeah but but he wasn't ready for Bologna either I think I think he had to he had to go to Serie B or he was Venezia in Serie in Serie C Serie C and he brought yeah, he them up yeah and then yeah. failed in promotion the second year around yeah 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 and then he went to Benevento and then he had that record breaking Serie B season. With mm-hmm. Benevento, and then he brings up the city. Ah, and like I mean, I don't want to jinx anything, but because I, you know, I I would love they say would, they can stay up, but he's been doing a pretty good job. They got they took points off of Juve. Uh, they took points off of oh my god, I forget now. Did you have any other matches, Patrick? Have you had Benevento? I've done them a couple of times actually. Yeah, I did them losing five two to Inter. That was oh, very yeah, entertaining. That was um, I'm just trying to think uh, what look, else. I'm going to look now. I'm going to look on my... Uh... I did them against Sassuolo. I think they were beaten 4-1, possibly. No, was that Crotone? I'm getting confused. God, this they, is uh, they they beat Bologna, beat Sampdoria, and they beat uh, Fiorentina 1-0 too. Oh, okay. So all they did indeed in Prota got the win. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. They've, um, they've been really entertaining, to be fair. And um, it, was, it was fantastic when there was that... Um, I tell you which game I did. I did the game against uh, Napoli. That was really cool with the Insignia brothers. Oh both yes, you know oh, what? That, that goal, that goal by uh, Lorenzo Insignia was just delightful. I think it was bar. I think it went bar down. I think it and did. Bar, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, with his left as well. It was. Yeah, um, I think I, was, I said something on commentary like, "Anything you can do, I can do better." You know, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, no, it was yeah. an incredible, incredible game to do, to be honest. But um, yeah. no, I've been, they've been really fun, to be fair. I did, yes, yeah, so I'm just looking now. I did them the 5 2 loss at home to Inter, and then I did the Napoli game. Yeah, the one I was getting confused with was, um, I think it was Crotone I did against Sassuolo. They got battered 4 yeah. 1, but yeah, they've they been getting smashed every week, to be honest. So, uh, <laughs> with the greatest of respect to Giovanni Stroppa, who, yeah. from all accounts, is going to be there till the bitter end. So, uh, ah. you know, credit to them. I know. Yeah, I think, uh, another another one with Milan, uh, a Milan past. I seem to recall. Yes, so, yes, he yeah. was. Mm. Yeah, you know what? It just Milan made a lot of mistakes with with coaches, right? And, and and you know how many teams are successful having a revolving door of managers, right? I mean, it's just you don't don't see it. Um, and when when got Chelsea, Chelsea, maybe. Yeah, maybe Chelsea. You know, yeah, but you know what, Patrick? In England, it's different because they have money to to hide their manager woes. It's. It's they, they spend those guys. Those guys over there, they spend in, in Italy. Juve, they're the richest team, and and Milan. You know, we're we like we like our loan with options to buy, right? So we uh, <laughs> or up it, until four years ago, the half the comproprietà. 
Yeah. Than buying half oh, of it. Wow. <laughs> don't, don't, talk to a, don't talk to a commentator about comproprieta. Oh, <laughs> my God. Absolute nightmare, knowing, oh you know, which, which team they technically belong to at that stage and yeah. when they've done the booste and who paid what. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. even, think... even now it's a bit tricky with these, you know, because yeah. if you look on certain websites, often it's a, it's a two-year loan deal then with a – you know, you can call it an obligation to buy. I mean, we don't even have proper terminology for this because no, I think they're all concepts basically created by Claudio Lotito, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, you can call it a compulsory purchase agreement, whatever you call it. But often these players technically are on a two-year loan deal, which then basically becomes a permanent deal because the criteria will be met, you know, sort of Chiesa to Juventus. Yeah. So for all intents and purposes, he is a Juventus player and will be. But I think probably technically, if you go on somewhere like Transfermarkt or any sort of statistical website, he's he's on loan from Fiorentina, and then it becomes a little bit tricky. You know, you're not even sure how to how to necessarily talk about these players. You know, no, exactly. are they scoring against their former club? Are they scoring against their parent <laughs> club? You know what I mean? So, yeah. You know what? I think uh, Milan is the exact same thing with uh, Frank Cassie. Cassie was a two year uh, two year loan year obligation with option. Oh no, obligation! Oh, it was obligation. Oh, obligation. Yeah, obligation. So, but Tonali, like I think, so Tonali's deal is a bit different because I think you know he's he signed a five. See, and this is what Patrick's talking about. I think so. Tonali signed a five-year contract, but he's on loan from Brescia. But it was it two years or no? No, it's a it's just a one-year loan with an yeah. option to buy. But he signed a five-year contract with Milan, so. <laughs> it only happens in Italy, by the way. It doesn't happen. I don't think it happens anywhere. Oh, yeah, else. You're right because you only see this in Italy. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, you, you, no, but hey, uh, what can I say? We're the most clever when it comes to making deals. It adds, it adds to the drama. And I think Patrick, you can probably you're in you're in Milan, all right. So it's just like the everybody, all the owners, all the the the, the directors are so emotional to it that it's it's just like I, I just you'd love to be a fly on the wall in these negotiations for um these terms that. They don't even exist in in culture. I think they're just kind of made up by like Lotito and Galliani. Yeah, two days at the end of the day. Maybe Galliani, the days of the Condor. One hundred percent. I actually spoke to a to a friend who works at Sampdoria because I couldn't fathom that at all. I said, "How?" Because like you, I said, "How can someone have a five year contract if they're technically on loan for that first year? Yeah. The option hasn't been triggered." And he basically just said it was a way of making sure that essentially they don't go out of contract and then they can basically demand the earth to stay on. So wow. it's it's basically a sort of a, a placeholder, as if to say, as if and when, or as and when we keep you on. These are the terms of your contract for the for the remaining years on your deal, basically. So I mm -hmm. think it's it's a negotiation ploy. But yeah, no, it's um, it's it's fascinating to be fair, and it's it's never really cut and dried, and and you're never quite sure what's going on. I mean, I have to be careful because you know, obviously, I work I work on the yeah, league. Yeah, I know, I know. You see some strange deals, and and I know that a lot has been written about you know sort of creative accounting now. Um, yeah. And the one that, that got me was the Spinazzola-Luca Pellegrini deal, which was oh. just bizarre, really. I think 29 million for one, 25 million for the other. The difference is, is 4 million or something like that. Um, but the way What's Spinazzola has been playing and then the way Juventus have just farmed Luca Pellegrini out on loan to Genoa, I don't really understand that. I mean, it's one thing, you know, going to Cagliari, um, it's another going to, to Genoa. And um, yeah. admittedly, you know, there's... I think there's a quite significant age difference there. I'm just, I'm yeah, going off really. I think, Pellegrini, uh, Pellegrini's a 99 and I think Spinazzola's a 94. So there's probably yeah. about five difference, 
five years difference between them. So, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. But again, some of the fees involved, and it, yeah. it's just very hard to keep track of things. You know, I yeah. almost missed it this summer that Inter had brought back Pinamonte. Yeah. Um, so you, you really need to be on your toes, to be it's, honest. It's, 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 like, it's the drama of City A, right? It literally, it's, that's exactly what it is. And like when friends who are, you know, like the Premier League fan, they, they try to ask about it. It's like, listen, just, it's just how it is. It's just that, that that's cultural. That's City A. Um, but <laughs> like you were saying with the Spinazzola and uh, Pellegrini deal, the Pjanic and Artur deal with Juve and Barca is very similar and also very odd. Um, yeah, it was. It, why would excuse me? Why would Barcelona go for the player who is six years older, and they only value him ten or ten million euro less than Artur? That that was a a deal that kind of didn't really make sense. It made sense for Juve, but it didn't make sense for Barcelona. Well, no, for well, I don't know if I can actually say this without uh, without being held accountable for anything, but it, it was just like an accounting method oh, that for it was sure. done for. No, yeah, I know, I know, but like it's just you look at those deals, and and the average fan says, "Well, that's a garbage deal for Barcelona," but creative. Uh, accounting. Yeah, they won. They yeah, won. That I know. Deal. Well, I, who did they, Barcelona? Because their books became more uh, more balanced. I guess. I guess yeah, uh, that's a Milan I've been doing over the past couple of years. I think Maldini. Maldini and the Mazzara and Gazidis have done a really good job with like Umbi. You're you're a fan of Gazidis, no? Uh, I am. Yeah, he's a, he's a modern man. He is modern. Um, I'll ask Patrick. Patrick, what are your thoughts on on Milan with Gazidis and under the new under that new reign over the last couple of years? I think it took him a while to find his feet, but I've I've certainly been impressed with his efforts to learn Italian. I've noticed he's been doing a lot more publicly mm. speaking Italian now, which obviously goes down very well with the fans. Obviously. I quite like Massada and his demeanour. He doesn't seem to be, you know, he's not one of those sporting directors that wants to necessarily be in the, in, you know, in the limelight and, and basically get all of the plaudits and things. I think they're working away quietly and well, to be honest, you know, because you do... <laughs> Milan are fortunate in having someone like Maldini. I'm going to irritate Paolo. anyone. Yeah, Paolo Maldini. Yeah, of course, you have to specify. Now. Oh, yeah, no. okay, yeah. <laughs> They're it's fortunate funny. having Paolo Maldini in that role because of who he is and because of his gravitas, but also his humility, I think. Now, I'm going to upset anyone that listens to this that's of a Roma persuasion, but you could never have Totti doing a similar role at Roma, no. despite the fact that essentially they are both club legends of a similar stature in in the history of the game, to be honest. Um, but I just think Maldini in that role fits very well. Um, and you, you have those you have those links to the past, but they're not overwhelming. You know, you don't have the, the spectre of Maldini. You have him there to help maintain standards and standards now being brought back to where the club needs them to be. But similarly, you know, he's not there in the background you know he's not gone into coaching either, so there's there's no suggestion that the first sign of trouble. You know, could Maldini step in and be caretaker? And I think probably the Pioli hire has worked out very well because he didn't have any previous association to Milan. You you know you guys um, yeah. rattled through the names previously, but there was there were loads. You know there was uh, there was Gattuso and there was people in Zaghi and there was Brocchi and there was Sadov. So, you know as many as four that have just come to mind now. Um, and I think Gattuso, just on a quick side note, is really showing what a good job he did at Milan and Fantastic. showing at Napoli that 
it wasn't just a, a fluke either. I mean, I really thought that Milan were, it was bizarre because um, I was actually working, I think I was still work uh, when Milan came fifth, a point behind oh, man. Inter. Oh. Oh. That was the that was the season, wasn't it? When Inter yeah. beat Empoli on the fa- final day of the season. Yeah. Were you doing? Were you doing Inter Empoli that game? Were you Were you on the call? I was. I was actually working for Inter. Still working at Inter that oh, season. Oh man, that, uh, that match. You don't, you don't understand that it was May. May I remember the day. It was May twenty yeah. sixth. Okay, May 26th, Milan beat Spal 3-2, did exactly what they had to do. And what Inter, a game that was, by the way. Oh, great game. But Inter, you, I'm assuming, you, I guess you you were working for Inter, so you you watched the match. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. How does D'Ambrosio do the acrobatic bicycle kick clearance off the goal line? How does Empoli not score? They had six chances. Oh, it was incredible. It's oh such, such a good game. Handanovic played his best game in recent memory. Oh, Nangolan, now the forgotten man, just rolled that in I know. so non- oh, nonchalantly, despite the fact it wasn't easy. It, it fizzed back at him. Um, <sighs> I think... I think um, he can't miss a penalty. It was Drongovsky that, that saved the penalty, I think, for, for yeah. Empoli. Yeah, no, it was it was an incredible game. And I remember thinking at the time it was, it was strange because obviously I was working for Inter. Um, and it was it literally winding... That was one. That was the last game that I was there for because I, I quit in May of. Well, I I I I left at the end of my contract, end of May 2019. Actually, the the final interview I did was Conte coming in with um, oh, no Stephen Chang. But uh-huh. uh, I remember thinking, God, Milan are so unlucky not to have finished in the top oh, four because God. I commentated on Milan a lot during that run towards uh, Champions League football and. They weren't conceding any goals. No. And it was just, they were easy. They were comfortable wins. Not not dissimilar to the, the form that they're showing now, to be honest. And I just remember thinking, they don't ever look like conceding. And that's when my whole love affair with Alessio Romagnoli started. And I still oh. get stick about that because I seem to be the only person that, that properly rates him. Um, Any time he makes a mistake, I get friends messaging me saying, oh, there's your Rolls Royce Romagnoli again. Oh my God. <laughs> he's, he's fantastic. He's absolutely fantastic. And actually, Umbi is not... He's 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 actually been on his case a little bit this season, but I know Marco's a fan like like oh, I am. Alessio Romagnoli, you know, even though like when he came back from injury, we all he know came back in the derby, in the derby, he came back. You know how tough that is, and it's very tough, exactly. So I give him credit. Like he, he was off. Like don't get me wrong, he was not the same as you know before, like May and June. But you know, I see him coming back, and uh, I think that goal that he had was a huge confidence booster. He told and, the camera. He told yeah, the camera yeah. all the talk. He told the people be quiet because like stop hating on me because uh you know he's proving the haters wrong. So I think him and Kier put a you know a solid uh, oh, performance throughout all like all the games. And but I have to say the most important guy back there is Kier. Even though oh my god, even what though he's been with us for so long, he's fantastic. But Kier, he, he was that difference maker in the back, someone we needed because Musaccio. You saw with uh, Musaccio that he was missing things that Kier has, and we needed what Kier has. Like, he just – I know when someone's holding up the ball, like, say there was, like, a Lukaku, Kier would just come up behind and just get the ball as soon as, you know, Lukaku's about to receive it. And that's what we were missing, like, something like that. Like, the, a defender that – I wasn't afraid. Yeah, like so well. So, I think that's really good. Yeah, you know what? I think, and we were talking about, like with Patrick, you know, talking about like Gazidis, Maldini, Mazzara. I think Simon Kier might be their best, their best signing. I, I think 
Yeah, uh, second. Uh, what, what, Zlatan? Yeah, easily. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I understand. But Zlatan's... Uh, that, that, does he even already, count? He doesn't count. Zlatan doesn't count because that's self-explanatory. Anybody... Right. like For me, I was actually talking about this with some friends yesterday. What's good business? Good business isn't buying a player for 60 million euro. Good business is is getting Jans Peter Halga for 5 million euro from a team that you just played against in the Europa League and, and signing Simon Kier from Atalanta, who was on loan at Sevilla. I think it was what, two and a half, three million euro. I mean, yeah, that, that, that is, is crazy business for a, a, a Simon Kier, who is a leader on the team. He, he came in just in January. He hasn't been here for a full calendar year, but he's a leader on the team. And you can see it with, I remember, I think it was against Napoli. Uh, Cassie yes. put his hands behind his back and cleared the ball. Yeah. I guess he wanted to, didn't want to risk a handball. Mm-hmm. And Kier, like looked at him and, and put his hands and said, what are you doing with your hands behind your back? That's what you need. You need Kier to get on people's backs. Like how Ebro does. Kier, I find him the same way because you can't concede a corner. You know, you got to do whatever it takes not to get a corner because they could score, of course. So, yeah. Yeah, no, every game he plays, I think he's more the defensive leader than Romagnoli is. Yeah, but I think I think Romagnoli has really thrived next to to Kier. Yeah. I think, oh, 100%. I think that's what he yeah. needed at this stage of his career because he has greatly improved. I, I think he had to carry the one next to him, and it was he often Musacchio, to be honest. Whereas now he can just focus on his job. And I get the sense with Romagnoli that football just comes very naturally and very easily to him. And I think he almost he almost needs to it's a it's a focus issue rather than anything else if his if his levels drop off slightly. But I feel like Kier keeps him switched on and they're they're such a good partnership as well. And Especially right. given that Teo on, on the on the left is is not doing much defending, to be honest. I mean he has a lot no, of exactly. things going for him, but I mean defensively and, and maybe that's I think that's part of the game plan. I don't think they're overly concerned with Teo and Andes staying back yeah. in the Well, like when when Teo pushes up, you can kind of see that uh you either be like yeah, so on the left side, that'd be Frank Cassie, I believe, would kind of cover that wing would kind of cover that for him. And then, I mean, we kind of, I guess Pioli has instilled a, a mentality that we defend as a group, we defend as a team. So it's our shape. We always have a shape. And and that's why you need players like Alexis Salamakers, who I've, again, great business in my opinion, because he's a player that will run up and down. He'll defend for you. He'll go on the counter. And that's why you need players like that to, to, to help out a guy like Dale. But you know what? I will be on. I love Dale. Don't get me wrong, but his his defensive his defensive um, capabilities have improved this oh, season greatly compared to last season. He's not the mistake. I don't want to jinx it. And I'm going to knock on wood right here. He's his, he has he hasn't uh, really made any defensive errors. I would say any clear oh, yeah. defensive errors. And and like and like I said, if he did, we defend as a as a group as a unit. I think Pioli's done a fantastic job. I mean. You know, I, I say Pioli, but obviously his technical group has done beautifully. And even Daniele Bonera, when he came in, Bonera looked like a natural. Um, he didn't lose the game. No, he didn't lose a game. So <laughs> he came in, he looked like a natural too. So obviously, yeah. and and you hear some of these players talk and they, they say fa- familia, familia, familia. So like, I think in defense, in attack, we defend we defend and attack as a unit. And I think that's that's kind of what's gone to our success and you know, like Romagnoli, he's the he's the captain, but he has like you know we're I'm gonna, we're Canadian, so I'm going to say hockey. In hockey, you have a captain, you have assistant captains, um, vice captains. So Romagnoli is the captain. 
he's he's been long serving for the club. He went through the the BS, I'll call it. Like he he never really had a fantastic defensive partner. Simon Kier is the best player he's played. I mean Bonucci, but Bonucci was pretty brutal with Milan, to be honest with you. Oh, horrendous. So, yeah. So I'll say I'll say Simon Kier is the best defensive partner he's had, and he's the captain. But then you have Donnarumma making calls from the from the in between the pipes. And then you have uh, Simon Kier, you have Zlatan, and then you have Frank Cassie, who they call Presidente, apparently, in, in training. That, that's his nickname. So you have a lot of these players who, who, uh, who are leaders in the field, and it's great. And even with Simon Kier out and Zlatan out, so they're two big leaders in the team, we still got the job done against Sampdoria at the weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's just What was the final score of that game again? 2-1. Two, one. Two, one. Yeah, two, oh, yeah, was, that's when they almost squeaky. competed at the end. It was squeaky because Ekdal had the free header. At the death. At the death. But um, the big thing that I realized, too, at the back, with the big difference, yeah, we have Kier. But we also have Calabria, who has tremendously Calabria. changed his whole game. I think he, he was he's back to like how he was when he was a 18-, uh, 19-year-old kid. Yeah, exactly. And he's not. he was not like Kutkone or Locotelli, who – those guys struggled and they left. They had to leave. But instead, what I liked about Calabria, he actually proved to everyone that he could be even better. And he did. And we see it this season. Like, he's phenomenal on the right. You know, I haven't seen him have a bad game. And it's just great to see him just back oh, there. Not in a while, yeah. No, not in a while. Good. But no, didn't he also tear his ACL on the same leg twice, like in the span of a no, year? No, that, that was Conte, you know? No, I'm, no Calabria. Calabria was out for a while as well with yeah. a knee injury. Like three years ago, yeah, it was when he barely played a full season. Yeah, like he yeah. played maybe two games. That, I think that was when we had a Bate still, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, the best right back in our history. <laughs> Nick Cafu, where's Cafu, right? Abate, you know what? Yeah. Abate was a great servant to the club. Man. No, I Abate and Tassotti, one and two. Tassotti, well, I have a um, question for everyone. So, we talk about the future, right? You know, we have care now, but. Do you guys see Gabia as being a future partnership with Romagnoli? Um, no, no. I, I think no. it's. I'll go. I'll go first, and I'll send it off to Patrick and Umbia. Yeah. I think when I honestly, I think I, listen. I, I don't want to be biased or anything because you know my love for Milan. But I'll tell you if a player stinks or not. And I, honestly, I like. I've been. I don't mind Gabia's performances. Every time I see, like, obviously, uh, what's the biggest match he's played in this season? Um, I'd probably say that Europa, the Europa League game against Rio Ave, no? Yeah, but you know what, though? We started Maldini in Colombo that match. Is, is that oh, right? Yeah. We started Maldini in Colombo that match, right? You, you were on the call. I believe so. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So against yeah. Rio Ave. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, we, we, start, we started, yeah, there we started was, Maldini. That was when there was a real issue with uh, with personnel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We started Maldini, Colombo, and got, like, I, I don't know. For me... I don't. I think Gabi is a great third option to have. Like I, you look at Bastoni on Inter and how he's kind of grown into this really good defender. What's to say that Gabia can't keep growing? I mean, he's a youth. He's from the youth product. I love growing uh, homegrown talent. Plus Valencia FC, yeah. Plus Valencia. We got Plus Valencia for for uh, Cutrone. Uh, exactly. We got twenty million euro for him, and now look, he's at Fiorentina on the bench. So thinking. That, yeah, exactly. So that, that that's good. That that's literally plus Valencia. That's called a good business. But you look at Gabia. I think that. I mean, Marco, what do you when you say future? Like, what depending on what your expectations well, are for Gabia? Like, my expectations aren't for him to become Romagnoli. So I don't. Now, 
starter, like a consistent starter with Romagnoli right there. I expect him to be a player that, like a a good defender, a good defend, a good defender, and that, and that's it. Not world class, not one of the best in Serie A. Just so, a good, reliable guy. That's it. Right. So more of like a rotation guy. So we I, can- I guess so. Sure. I mean, a good third choice would be nice. I mean, yeah, you no. know what? I look at Pierre Kalulu yesterday. Is he is he ready to get some minutes in City A if if we if need be? Is he ready? No. I, look, no. I, I mean, he's, a, he's the modern center half, though. I think he needs to. I think he needs to go out on loan. Same. But, I agree. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know. Do you trust Musacchio? As uh, for yeah, you yeah. Leo Duarte. Hey, Musaki was good. No, right? no, then he, I, I then like he started getting all those injuries. No, then he started complaining. Injury prone. He is injury prone, but I, like I'm with Umberto. I trust Musaccio more than uh, Kululu and uh, Dorate. No, I, I get it. No, I get it. But but I don't. But what I'm trying to say is that your fourth your fourth choice can't be injury prone, right? It's tough because. Romagnoli has had injuries in the past. Simon Kier is injured right now. Gabia, who knows? Um, also, side note, Gabia, one thing he's very good at, and he's better than Romagnoli and Kiera, is uh, on set pieces, he always gets his head on the ball. He needs to learn oh, how to yeah. keep it down. He needs to learn how to keep the ball down. Oh, he's aggressive, yeah. He's like Ranocchia back in the day. Yeah. He'll always get his head on it. <laughs> Ranocchia, the frog. Frog. The, the best center back in, Ita- in Italy's history. I guess we'll ask Patrick too. Patrick, like, what are you? You've watched a little bit of Milan this season. What are your thoughts on on a guy like Matteo Gabbia? Like, what what what's his ceiling? You think? Well, I like Gabbia because I was actually um, I was interpreting on the the U twenty World Cup last summer in uh, Poland. Maybe. Gabbia was in the uh, the Italy squad. They had a good run. I think they went to the last four mm-hmm. with Paolo Nicolato, and he's now he's now been promoted to the U twenty ones. But that's a good crop. The ninety nines. Luca Pellegrini we mentioned earlier. There's Gianluca Scamacca that played in that. Pinamonti. Bastoni's a ninety nine, but you wouldn't know it because he's been around for a long time now. You know, this is what third year. Yeah, exactly. So um, second yeah. season at Inter, and he had that year at Palmer as well. I remember actually doing his um, his debut, Bastoni in Serie A. He and uh, this guy Filippo Melegoni, who's now at Genoa, actually. They yeah. both came on, and they were they were young guys at the time. But no, I like Gabby. I think he's composed on the ball, um, and I think he's only going to get better. I mean, twenty one is very young for a centre-back. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it does take a while to get to grips with the position. I mean, I know Alessio Romagnoli was very precocious. I mean, he came through young at Roma. He had that great move to Samp. He thrived under Mihailovic. But Gabbia is, is in the right place for his development now. He's got Kier and Romagnoli, who will start week in, week out when they're fit. He's going to get opportunities in the Europa League, depending on how far, far up the priority list that is for Milan. I'm curious to see how Milan approached the Coppa Italia as well, mm. because, you know, do you go all out to win a trophy and play a strong team? History tells us that most of the Serie A top eight tend to play a weakened side in that round of 16. So that will be quite an interesting one as well to see if he gets minutes there. But he simply needs to be patient because, you know, Milan Torino should be should be a comfortable victory for Milan, especially given where Torino are in Serie A. They're not going to be looking to go on any sort of run in the Coppa Italia. So I think he's got potential. I wouldn't expect him to be um, a mainstay of the side for many years to come. But I, I agree. There's the option of either trying to sell him uh, and making good profit on him, given that, you know, you've only paid for his development. Or, you know, he accepts a role as someone who's going to make 15 to 20 appearances a season and be there as a backup in case someone gets injured or be willing to step in and perform uh, either in Europe or, or the Cup. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think 
And the thing is, though, like it's nice to have a guy like Gabi on the squad. And you know, at first he's a, he was a guy who, wow, who who's Gabi? How good is he? Right. But then you were on the call in, in the, for the U twenty one, right? So you saw him, and I, I don't know. And then when he starts to get more matches, it's like okay, maybe this like the experience is huge. Like him playing that match against Rio Ave, that's great experience for him. Like a tough match in the rain with with two teams wanting to qualify Europe. That's great experience, right? Um, but you know, I think that. These are guys that you know if they grow within the squad, and especially with with some continuity with the with the manager, with 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 Stefano Pioli, I think these guys can keep improving. And I obviously, I think in the Coppa Italia, I'm not sure um, what that exercise is going to look like. I think I think against the master tactician, Marco of uh, Giampaolo. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think I think. Milan will probably put a lineup similar to the one we saw yesterday against Sparta Prague in the Coppa Italia. Maybe a couple of changes, but I think you'll see Gabbia, Kalulu, Diogo Dalo, Conti. You'll see Hauga, maybe Brahim, uh, Lolo Colombo. I think, Patrick, you call him Lolo, no? I, I swear it was you. Lolo, yeah. I mean, Lolo. that's his, uh, that's his nickname, I think. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. his nickname, Lolo Colombo. And he's Absolutely, a, yeah. I, I got that from, uh, from Suma. Yeah, 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 I can't. Yeah, Suma, I can't believe how uh, how how jacked he is as an uh, eighteen-year-old. He's huge. Oh, he's a big boy. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, he's hitting the gym. Yeah, I, I look at myself. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's massive. You, you know what? If you watch the match yesterday, you watch the highlights. He's a he's an aggressive guy. Like he gets in. He he probably had about six fouls yesterday. Uh, he was lucky to not get on a yellow card. Maldini actually went into a challenge and got on a yellow yeah, card. Um, I was talking to a few of my friends' parents and stuff, and, and they were like, wow, you know, you just see, they're looking at Daniel Maldini starting and saying, well, we're getting old. And, you know, you look at Maldini and you look at like Cliver, Justin Cliver. Uh, he's starting for. Uh, scoring that banger. For, yeah, banger. For, uh, against Leipzig. Against, against United. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the yeah. Justin Cliver one was good. I did. Um... I did Juve Roma last year in the Coppa Italia. Oh, yeah. And, and I think Buffon was playing. And uh, I managed to find, I saw that Clive, but Clive has another one. He's, uh, with, it's, the, it's the day of, night of players born in 1999. And he was born, I think, on the 5th of May, 1999. And I just looked back and I saw that that was the year that Buffon won his first Coppa Italia with Parma. And wow. then as luck, would, it was back in the day when there were two-legged Coppa Italia finals. And as luck would have it, the first leg of that Coppa Italia final was played on the day that Justin Clive was, was born. So, you know, I was doing my prep. I was like, please start, please score. Um, and I think he was on the bench. <laughs> it was really disappointing having found that sort of, you know, occasionally as commentators, we're trying to crowbar these stats in. But it was, I mean, that just showed the longevity of Buffon more than anything else. No, exactly. Isn't that crazy? Well, how long, I guess I kind of wanted to go into this, but how long have you been in culture or just a sport in general for like with, with work? So I've been working on, on Serie A since the 2013-14 season. So right with Milan, a, so it's your fault then that Milan have, uh, have dropped <laughs> then, right? I'll tell you Milan what, I've, I've been, um, I've only ever commentated on Juventus winning, winning the title. Oh. They've never, never been here for a season when they, when they haven't won the league, to be honest. Um, so it's, no, it's, it's a strange one, to be honest. I mean, yeah, for much of that period, not only Milan but also Inter in the doldrums. So it's nice mm. to see them both, both on the on the way up. I mean, if you look at the league table this season, it's it's the way things should be. I mean, with the greatest of respect to to other clubs that have done well in in recent times, um, but when you see Milan, Inter, Napoli, and Juventus, I mean, it's just great to see. And I hope 
that it that it continues and i and i think um that it probably will because a five point cushion is going to take some uh, some coming back from for the other guys but um i'm getting uh, sidetracked no so i've been um yeah i've been doing seria since 2013 14 with a with a brief hiatus in between i um i left to go to my move to lisbon midway through the 2014 15 season yeah, I was there for eighteen months. I worked for for BTV, the Benfica in-house channel. They they do their games. They used to do their games English in English for an international audience. So I did those for a uh, for a season and a half, and uh, yeah, and then I, and then I came back to Italy, albeit worked at Inter TV for eighteen months. Um, so probably cumulatively between twenty thirteen fourteen and what are we in now twenty twenty one. This is probably my fifth full season, if I've done the maths right. Yeah. No, but it's been good. It's been great. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, you, do you speak Portuguese too as well then? I do, yeah, and French. Okay, so, okay. Oh, wow. Awesome, so you're multilingual. So, what, what would you say you speak the best in? Uh, Italian uh, these days, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you're, living, in Mil- you're in Milano, right? Living here, my girlfriend's from Naples, so, ah, yeah. no way. Yeah. Is yeah. she and then? Uh, her mum's a massive Napoli fan. Oh, no. uh, Maradona posters on the on the wall as yeah. you go in. You know, proper cliche, but yeah. uh, it always makes me chuckle as an yeah. Englishman, to be honest. But uh, yeah, no, uh, she's and, not that into football, which is quite nice. You know, you can sort of switch off from it occasionally. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So, where are you from in England, Patrick? Uh, I come from Winchester in 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 the south. Yeah. Okay. So, so my team growing up was Southampton. Ah, no way. Do you still do you still ever watching just for just? Yeah, I still watch, but yeah. the the support, to be honest, has waned. I mean, just a from from living here. I mean, we have yeah. the Premier League on Sky Italia, which is great, so I can I can keep up with that. Um, but I, I'm busy a lot with Serie A over the course of the weekend, uh, and then B just professionally. It's um, I think you can get away as a commentator a bit more with having a sort of lower league team. I think if your team's in the Premier League, you need yeah, to be yeah. a bit more wary about. I mean, thankfully, I'm not covering the Premier League at the moment. Um, but you do get more of an insight into which commentators support who these days. You do. Uh, just by following them on Twitter, seeing which tweets they like and retweet and things like that. But so yeah. most, of the, most of the prominent guys back home in London tend to support, um, I don't know, Sunderland or Torquay United mm-hmm. or Woking, whoever it may be. You know, yeah. So yeah. there's no real danger of them being ac- – well, they still do get accused of bias, but um, <laughs> yeah, I guess it comes with the job. Yeah. So have you have you fell in love with City A then since 2013? Have you fell in love with the drama of it and just what it is for, for it, what it is? I have, to be honest, yeah. I mean, so I studied French and Italian at university, so I'm a, I'm an interpreter by by training, a conference interpreter. Yeah, um, I've watched you. I've watched you. I've watched oh, you. there you go. Yeah, so um, – so for me, it was it was always an ambition of mine to get back to Italy. The the difficulty was trying to reconcile uh, also my aspirations to be a, a commentator, basically, which was always going to be in English. So as soon as I found out that there was an opportunity to commentate on Italian football in English from Italy, I, I jumped at the chance, basically. The irony actually was that right at the start of my career, I was doing a lot of games from London in Italian. Um, so I had to, and then I almost got pigeonholed as this, and, and French as well, pigeonholed as this multilingual commentator. This, the irony is I had to move from London to Italy to be able to commentate in English. But uh, yeah, it's been crazy. Fun. Yeah. So, so you had to like, so you changed your whole life then going to Italy, right? Like you left and you, you've been in Italy ever since then. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky in that I was doing a lot of work remotely at the time. So ah. I was working for a translation, well, a, a football language agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were translating the English versions, uh, the English website 
for Inter, Roma, Latterly, we did Sampdoria. Yeah, we had a few. And then we do tweets and, and things as well for other clubs. And that's become... Um, and I did that on off for, for many years. So I was able to make enough doing that week in, week out, and then you know, pick up some some weekend work with the commentaries, and it's it's just really grown from there. And uh, Padre, quick question also, because you're in Italy, and with the past uh, two weeks, you know, we had Maradona passing away, and then uh, just oh, really oh. Paolo Rossi. Mm. See, like, what's the impact you see, especially with Paolo Rossi? Uh, have you seen like people like really sadden in Italy? Because in '82, he did win the the World Cup for Italy because he was just unbelievable, especially. Oh, games so like what was the impacts you know you've seen in Italy so far I mean yeah people are very emotional because Paolo Rossi means a lot for Italian football not just because he won the World Cup in 82 he won the Ballon d'Or as well um, but anyone that you've spoken to and, and he worked across a number of different um, media outlets over the course of his you know once he retired from mm -hmm. the game you know, I've got a lot of contacts there and you've seen I've seen it on Twitter, on LinkedIn, having spoken to people. You know, this was this was a lovely man as well. And he was very humble and um, good-natured, great sense of humor. Um, so he clearly achieved a lot. It's difficult to gauge, to be honest, simply because all of the matches are being played behind closed doors. Yeah. So I think you'd get a lot, a much greater insight into what it means and what he meant uh, if you were able to see fans in attendance. But we will, we will have uh, tributes around the grounds this weekend, just as we did with Maradona, um, you know, Paolo Rossi, net less synonymous with a number. Uh, so whereas in the 10th minute we had, the ball was essentially put out of play mm. um, and there was the tribute to Maradona on the big screen. I think there's going to be a minute silence. The players will wear black armbands and his picture will be on the big screen of all, all, all 10 Serie A grounds that are hosting matches this weekend. But it, it's just, um, it's, it's very young as well, 64. So Too young. Yeah. Even, even Maradona, 60, 60 and 64, this is, I think they should have had at least more 20, 25, 30 more years left. Yeah. It's, it's Maradona needed a striker in, Italy, in heaven. So Yeah, you're right. It's good. They needed in heaven. They needed, they needed each other. They're going to play together. Um, yeah, I saw a great tweet, actually. This guy, Simone Stenti, who used to work for uh, Juventus, and he said... Uh, What's, what sort of five-a-side tournament are they organizing up there this year? Oh, even, with, even with Cruyff. Even Cruyff's there too, right? So there you yeah, go. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so you know what? I, I guess I'll ask too. How, what is the situation in Milano right now? Are you, are you in, are you, is it a red zone or what's, what's going uh, we've on? We've moved there? into orange and we're shortly going to yellow, I believe. Oh, that's good. That's positive. Uh, yeah, it is positive. It's, it's strange because the first lockdown was extreme and, you know, I overlook, my flat overlooks um, a busy roundabout in the, in the center of Milan. And mm. so it's, it's quite a good barometer of how many people are out and about and, um, in March and April, it was just ghost town. It was like something out of the apocalypse. Now it's it's back to normality um, because a lot of people can go to work and are working from the office. There's still a lot of smart working, as they call over here, people working from home. But um, yeah, it, it's going to be a, an interesting one to see how it plays out over over Christmas as well. There are government mm -hmm. restrictions, meaning that you can't technically change region beyond the uh, 20th of December, which makes things certainly very fun for those of us that are based in Milan, but hopefully planning to spend Christmas in Naples and this area yeah. right up until the 23rd of December. So yeah, it's all uh, it's a little bit fraught at the moment, but um yeah, mask wearing is is brilliant in Italy. Um, yeah, everyone out in the street always wearing masks. Um, 
yeah, Italians are very cautious about their health. Um, some people right. might call it hypochondria, but uh, I would say it's just uh, it's good sense. And so, yeah, I think despite these difficult conditions, I, I, I do feel very safe, and I think everyone's been very responsible, which is good. yeah. Have you have you been to Canada before ever in your life? I have. I love Canada. Where have um, you been? So I went to Montreal back in 2010 oh, because a good friend of mine uh, got married to uh, to a Quebecois, and no she uh, yeah so. They, uh, she was from Montreal. They now live in uh, Mississauga, uh, oh, hey. which I struggle to wow. pronounce. So in my head, it's Mrs. Agua. Do you know what I mean? Like, Agua, yeah, yeah. Agua. <laughs> I don't know. But um, so, yeah, I've been to stay with him on the lake. The last time I went, actually, I did some work with MLS um, up at, at TFC. So oh, no way. We were up at their training ground for a week. That would have been the World Cup year, so 2016. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of fun. Actually, we had uh, that when we were there, Spurs came through and Milan came through because um, they were playing International Champions Cup at BMO Field. Oh, that's 2014. 2014 for Milan. To that, uh, yeah, I went to watch the World match. Cup year. Yeah, 2014. Why am I saying yeah, 2016? That was the Euro. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my, my friend and I got a uh, – I've, I've, um, I've never been one for asking celebs or footballers for photos. But we were dressed in ridiculous gear at the time because my friend had just come back from the World Cup in Brazil. He brought back a load of cheap replica shirts. Um, <laughs> and I remember, he, I think he was wearing uh, Flamengo or something like that. And I can't remember what I had on. Um, but we've we got these, I should probably send them to you on, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. We've got, oh, yeah. we got these ridiculous photos uh, with Pochettino <laughs> and with Balotelli as well. No way, wait. wait. Yeah. I, think, I think Bolo had the blonde mohawk, right? He did, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we've got these very blurred photos because I, could, I couldn't find the originals. I, I think I ended up downloading them from my Facebook account before I deleted that. Oh, but, um, that, that was, that was um, a great time. I love, I love Canada. Um, yeah. I just think it's wonderful, wonderful quality of life. Um, I think it's the perfect model of integration. Um, I mean, I, I just, I got to know so many people working a summer job many years ago in Italy uh, as a sort of English camp tutor, um, second and, and third generation immigrants in Canada from all over uh, Italy, Lebanon, Serbia, Croatia. I just think it's it's a fabulous place. I think really civilized people, uh, and just yeah, it's just the climate that bugs me a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, oh, especially uh, now. Yeah, you know what? It's it's actually it's not it's not been too bad lately. It's uh, for cold. It hasn't gotten too too bad. I think. Up until Christmas, I looked at the 14 day. I don't think it's getting too, too cold. But I know there have been a couple of really, yeah, really cold days. Cold. Here the lake. If I go look at my on my car outside, it's probably all in ice. But um, <laughs> uh, on it's you know what though, if you're here, like if you were to move here, for example, you get you get yeah. that cold, right? So it's just, I mean, and where are you guys all based? Uh, in near the Toronto area, actually. Okay, yeah. I'm the only one. I'm in New York, but uh, Mississauga is actually. I visit a lot. I have a whole bunch of family there. So Toronto's my second home, Mississauga. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm situated in Mississauga, like right by the lake here. Oh, so, that's, that's gorgeous. No, the thing I felt in Montreal, especially, but also in Toronto, I loved it because I'm like, I'm clearly, I'm patently in North America, but I feel like I'm in Europe. Something <laughs> I never get when oh, I go, I go to the US. I go to the US three or four times a year for work. Mm -hmm. um, again with MLS, and I always feel a bit of a fish out of water. It's bizarre being in, in the US as an Englishman, I find, because I'm like, I understand them, they understand me, 
but I'd, I never feel completely comfortable there. Whereas I went to Canada, I just felt yeah. a lot more relaxed. Um, maybe it's because there were fewer fewer guns. Oh, anyway, yeah. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> so I should probably leave it here. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. I feel the same way because I live here in the States, and when I come right. to visit my family in uh, Toronto, yeah. I feel the same way. Like I feel more relaxed. I feel more part of the city. It's just mm. uh, it's a different feeling. It's good to be uh, be part of Toronto. It's cool you said you said you did some work with TFC. Like I, I myself, I'm a like a massive Toronto FC fan too uh, for a local team. Like I was there. We we made the MLS Cup final twice. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I was there. I was there both times. We lost in penalties the first one. And we played Seattle again, and we we got the revenge um, with Jovinko too, which was great, and Altador. But yeah, yeah. I just I thought I asked because you know I always ask uh, if people have been to Canada. Usually Canada's pretty high. <clears throat> excuse me, highly regarded. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. Um, well, well, you know what? There's actually a question in the chat. Let's go to that quickly. So Rahit says, "What do you think about our January window? Who do you think we will sign?" So I'm gonna. So Patrick, you, you, from what you've watched from Milan, what? Obviously, you've been really impressed with them. We know we've great record we're scoring goals we're not conceding too much but if there was a hole or if there was an improvement to be made and you watch all the players in City A and you probably watch players outside of City A too but what do you think could are there any names that you can think of or any positions that that Milan need to fill or help out um it's tricky because you can't get away from the fact that Ibrahimovic is getting on. Now he's injured at the moment. You don't really have... I mean, we've seen, you know, the experiment with, with Colombo. They've tried, to, they've tried to play Maldini. Um, there is no genuine centre-forward besides Ibrahimovic. Pioli often says that Rebic is, is not a centre-forward. You know, he plays out wide or he's a second striker. Um, Hauger I've really enjoyed as well. But again, he seems to be cutting in from out wide. So... To me, it's Chicho Caputo. I mean, if oh. I were to recommend any striker, it would be him. Be um, but again, even he's, you know, uh, I think he's... He's an older guy. So, yeah. um, but would he realistically come to Milan? I would love him. Yeah, I love Chicho. Second I, I'm not, I, I, I don't know whether he would necessarily be up for sale, but that's, that's no. the sort of player I think that Milan could sign uh, and then you're guaranteed... To maintain the output, even when Ibrahimovic isn't there, I think centre forward is the one position that concerns me. I look at the rest of the team; I think the spine is fantastic. The goalkeeper is world class, and he's been getting better year in year out. Um, I love, I love, I love Kessie in the midfield, or Kessier, as I like to call him, because he's mm. got an accent on his name that he chooses. Yeah, he does. To um, just it's, it's it's a really good team. We've spoken about the centre backs, uh, Chalanolu, I think is hugely underrated. Um, yeah. So I think that's the one position that would concern me if I were a Milan fan. And I thought we've got our best opportunity in, in 10 years now to win the, to win the title. Let's go for it. And let's set aside 20 million and we're going to pay 20 million for a 33 year old on the basis. He might only give us 18 good months, but in the meantime, we win the title and in, by winning the title, we get back into the Champions League. Meanwhile, fans return to stadium, revenues up because of the Champions League, um, and maybe then you can start to manage Ibra's playing time a bit more. I don't know. I mean, that's just one name that's that's come to mind. If you can, if you can get a better um, player with with more potential and and, and like great shelf life, that might be a better option. Okay, it's just it's like so in the chat. Nathan says, "What about uh, Gianluca?" Uh, 
Scamacca. Scamacca, excuse me. Same club as well, curiously. Yeah, I mean, I, I find it strange that, I mean, presumably Sassuolo didn't legislate for um, for Caputo getting injured this season, but Scamacca's looked really good at, at Genoa. And he's yeah. a, I mean, I, I fear he's the sort of player that's destined to go to Juventus. No, I hope uh, yeah, not. don't say that. I hope not. No, but we shall see. We shall see. On the, I know he would be. He's exactly. He's exactly the sort of player that you would want. I mean, he's. Yeah, he's a he's tall number the, nine. He's he can powerful, do everything. He can finish. Yeah, I did. Uh, I actually did the the game. Their win over Samp in the cup, and he scored two. Yeah, he scored two. Two very different goals, um, but uh, the second one was was just brilliant. He just smashed it in from twenty five yards. So no, I think that's a very good. That's a very good uh, option to be fair. But there, um, there are good players all round. You could go and get Milik in January. Yeah, like you, I, you know what though? We, the thing is though, we it's funny because I don't know if you noticed, but in Italy they all like to use like English words, like English sayings, English words while they talk. And like the big thing is low cost, low cost. You use it on, on Milan news, low cost. Um, I, I, like I just think Milik might cost too too much from what our budget is. Like I, I just don't know how much we have there to spend. And I think that's an issue, right? And it's I don't think the situation over there with him in Napoli is any good though. But no, then it all depends I, yeah, you might be able to get him on the cheap. But what about a guy like Cornelius on Parma? I don't think he's up to Milan level. If I'm honest, no. yeah. even, um, even, as a, even as a rotation, if Iba gets hurt. Possibly, he's 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 a difficult one to assess because he, you know, he occasionally has these amazing games. He's got two hat tricks against Genoa yeah, last season. But that was more yeah. than half of his goal tally, I think. So yeah. he matters yeah. to deceive a bit. You know, when he's good, he's very good, and otherwise, he's fairly anonymous. From what I've seen, I did a fair bit of Palmer uh, <laughs> last season, so it's it's a tricky one because yeah. you, you want someone that. I mean, Scamacca is a good option, but. Is he going to guarantee you those goals? I think you're Ooh. better off going for someone who is that someone bit more experienced, more yeah. established. Exactly. Like the the yeah, person yeah. I would want, I like if I can, if I may interrupt. I I think this Milan team needs another another winner, another serial winner who's won trophies everywhere he's gone. I think Giroud is the best oh, guy Giroud. to have. Oh, yeah. But then again, would he would he drop from Chelsea to Milan? Playing I, I don't know. I mean, probably the same amount of time. Apparently, there's been rumors that he wants to leave Chelsea. So I don't. But he scored a hat trick. Or sorry, he four. Four. You got the poker. Um, he scored four against Sevilla. Um, I, I don't know. You know what? I was gonna. I actually had a list of names here. I was gonna throw them out to you guys, and then you guys tell me how crazy I am or not. Um, because you know what? The guy, people in the chat want to hear about the mercato and, like, for example, Quagliarella. No, right away, he's not oh, leaving. Tom. Too old. Too I, old. I, I, I love him, but he, no, he's too old. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't think he'd join. Okay, another one that I was thinking of, Kevin Lasagna, Udinese. That's tough because I, he is a quality player. And he's left-footed. And he's left-footed. But I, you know what? Would I say that he's – you know what? Like what Umberto said, I prefer someone more experienced like Drew. Yeah, fair enough. But if we can get experience with Vlaic, Vlaic on uh, Fiorentina, remember they called him the new Ibra? They, they mentioned, but I, I just don't see it. Like, do you, do yeah, you, I don't yeah. watch enough of him to actually like Patrick, come up with a conclusion. You've done Fiorentina this year. What do you think of Vlaovic? I really like Vlaovic, but his confidence is at rock bottom from the looks. Of, he's really young. He's only 20, um, but he's got everything. He's got a huge frame. He's got a lovely left foot. He's quick. 
I, I really liked him when I seen him, particularly last season. But this year, it's the way Fiorentina are going. I mean, I thought Prandelli would come in, start him, uh, and he has done. But he's just not. Uh, he had that shot that Donnarumma pushed onto the post that no one even realised was a save until yeah, the replay. I mean, that was yeah. an unbelievable stop. And maybe if that goes in, it changes his season, to be honest. But no, he's he's definitely got potential. There's there's a lot of good players out there. I, I really like Enzola that plays for Spezia. I think yeah. he's, he's yeah, been very he's good. Mm. He looked good against Lazio at the weekend. Yeah, he did. He scored a great goal. He twisted Acerbi inside out. I did that yeah, game, actually. No, he's impressive. There, there, there are some good players out there, for sure. Oh, would a guy uh, like... Like I have... Sorry to interrupt, but like... Okay, you look at Lazio. Look at Caicedo. Is that a player that you think that Milan would need someone like Caicedo or no? Caicedo is exactly the model you want to yeah. go for if you're trying to push for the for the uh, title. I would suggest Giroud's a good a good name. I think he'd be quite pricey. I think he's been heavily linked with Inter as well. What was that? So, I think he wants to join Zaza. up with uh, with with Conte. Conte. What about Zaza? I mean, one is Adza. Zaza, I would go for. To be honest, I would just break the Wasted break the potential. bank and bring in bring in Belotti. Uh, uh, and and just say you know how uh, you need to be patient for one year. We're going to spend sixty million because he's not a hundred million anymore. He's probably sixty million. We're going to yeah. spend that. Um, be patient for a year whilst Ibra does his thing, and then you're going to be the main man for six seven years. I remember Cairo was so so stubborn in those negotiations, and he wanted a hundred million, never got it, and he he made a mistake in my opinion. If he would have lowered his demands just a little bit. He would have been able to make a lot of money on Belotti, and look at Torino now. They just what well, they, they just uh, they just saved a relegation last season, and now they're back in relegation again. When Giampaolo, he's going to lose his job. And thank so, God they've got Belotti; otherwise, they'd be a lot worse off than oh they even God. are now. You know, I yeah. can't believe they choked the derby. I can't believe they didn't, they didn't get, at least get a point from that match. That was a that was awful. Just the, they're defending in the box. Juve put two crosses in, and there was free headers both times. Yeah, McKenny was there, and then Bonucci. No one's uh, guarding him. You know, yeah. free kick. So, um, I have another guy I'm looking at just in City. Uh, Okaka. Stefano Okakachuka. Okakachuka. Like, is he a guy? You look at or like Roberto Inglese. Are these? And, and listen, you say okay, these guys aren't Milan level. They're not. I'm, I'm not going to pretend they are. But low cost operations. Is that a player that can help in case? But you also need quality with low cost. I like what Patrick, uh, the person he mentioned, Caicedo. I think no, I, no, yeah, but we, he he's not coming from Lazio. We're just talking about him because like he's good for Lazio. But okay, listen, I have one. Okay, another option. Listen, listen. I'm just gonna throw names out here. Uh, Di Carmine, Elas Verona, Di Carmine. Ooh. Now he, he looks. Patrick, you've done Verona this season, right? He's looked good. He's been good, yeah, and uh, he had a, he had a decent season last That's season true. as well. I think uh, Pessina ended up pipping him as top goal scorer for Verona, um, but he's Excellent another of those that tends, ten, exactly tends to score goals in patches. So um, I don't think he's Milan level, even as a backup. To be honest, I think he needs to be pushing to the next level. I think he might have been Milan worthy two or three years ago, but the way the club are going at this stage. Um, is uh, is probably not not quite there to be honest. But I think um, I think Milik might be an option that like because you said he's his price have has it can't be high. What is he What has he done? What are they going to do with Milik? They have 
They have Oshiman, they have Petania. They don't they have no room and they have Mertens who can play in the center forward role. So yeah, if I'm not mistaken, his contract expires at the end of the, the yeah. end of the, the year, him, right? Season. You can get him for super cheap, or you can wait. But I, I feel like we need someone in January. And Nathan just said in the chat here, if Tonino drops to City of B, if they do relegate, there's no way Belotti stays at that club. There's no way. There's no way. But the thing is, Okado's so stubborn. You you guys remember? Patrick, and you're in Milano at this time too, so you probably remember this. Like Galliani had, was it Galliani? No, was it even was it Galliani? No, I think it was Mira Badley, wasn't it? Mira Badley and Fasone. Yeah, they just together. They had a, a summit, a summit at at, at one a.m. with Cairo to try to get Belotti, and just nothing came of it. It's just uh, didn't they offer him like sixty plus Niang and yeah. Mexes on like yeah. loans or something? Sixty plus uh, Mexes and Niang, and they said no. And what a waste. Torino's been struggling ever since um but yeah like nathan if you have any other names in the chat or rohi you guys think of uh, i mean uh, the thing is though i like to look at city because you know as we know a lot of transfers are made within city right like it's a lot of teams have good relationships so when a player comes available when a when a team when a team needs something especially one of the bigger clubs usually the smaller clubs are there to make some profit some plus valenza right so um i just think i think would you guys say that aside from the center forward? I mean, unless unless we trust Lolo Colombo, um, I think we also need a midfielder. Another midfielder, you think? I think we need like an experienced guy like Milan Badelj playing for a crappy team that just wants to get out and finally win a trophy in his life. <sighs> uh, I mean, very low cost, very low quality cost. guy who Milan wanted a yeah. while back. It'd have to be. It'd be loan with option to buy. Like anything we do, anything we do would be a loan with an option to buy. Well, I think Patrick just. Um, every, everything we do have to be alone with an option to buy, right? It has to be low cost operations. And that's what is tough with, with Milan right now. It's tough to predict this Mercato because, um, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Um, you think he left because I said Milan should go by Milan no. Madel? No, no. Uh, so, so Patrick, so Patrick said I had to leave. So it, it was great having him on. Um, I've listened to him for a long time. Um, yeah. but yeah, like, and, uh, yeah, it was great chatting with him, but I know. He made a lot of great points, and uh, Luca, all those names that you mentioned, I, great names. But like, for me, it would be, you know, it's kind of unrealistic because I doubt, you know, that they will come to Milan. But Giroud, but like you said, Umberto, like with Conte, he has that relationship, so I, I could see him going to Inter. But then I, I love Caicedo too. I think he's a great backup to Ibra, but. He will oh, never. He, he's been doing amazing with Lazio. He's yeah. been the amazing super sub. He's been Caicedo. their version of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Who Caicedo? Caicedo, yeah. Big question for you guys. So now we have this, you know, the left side now. We have Rebic, Liao, and Hage, right? We have three guys, and all three of them have been, you know, playing fantastic. Now, my thing is, who do you choose to be starting? Because oh, Rebic, day in, day out. Oh, it's always going to be Rebic. It's always, be, but the thing is, though, we have Milan have done a good Maldini, Mazzara. They've done a good job of adding depth, and we, we, depth has been a massive, massive, massive problem um, yeah. in this team. So, um, it's you know what I mean. So it's like when we have a guy like Brahim Diaz on the bench. That's 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 good depth. That's good man. Yeah, um, someone like Casilejo, who like Milan have depended on for a while. Like now, he's on the bench. Well, yeah, he starts some matches, and we have, uh, to be honest with you, I, I'm a big fan of Alexis Salamakers, personally. Oh, so I. But I think Leao should be given a shot outright. 
with well, Rebic and Ibra. I love Leal, but have you guys noticed he's kind of nonchalant sometimes in the field? Um, yeah, I noticed that, and I kind of get the you know upset when I see him like just nonchalant because you know the guy just beat him, you know, got the ball from him, and he's just just strolling by. Well, he has natural, like his natural ability is nuts. Like he's he has crazy talent. Even when he's like his strides with the ball, crazy. The strides, um, are great, yeah. But he, yeah, well, oh, when he when he did that move against Inter, well, oh, against Hakimi, and then he just oh, laughed. And who whose face was he I, laughing I in? Ambrosio's face or something? Yeah, 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 Ambrosio. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it, it, he's a great player, and I can't wait to see him really blossom under Ibra, and and he's gonna keep getting better. But yes, his his he just needs to keep uh, having a good attitude and and again we've talked about it on the last show. You hear Pioli, Dai Rafa, bravo Rafa, bravo Rafa, bravo Rafa, Dai Rafa. So obviously he's trying to like ignite that fire under him, right? Um, yeah, so- he's someone with huge amount. Him and Hauge have so much potential. Even Brahim, Brahim's oh, gonna Brahim. turn out to be such a good little wizard. Brahim has older. great balance when he has but the see, ball. Yeah, but see, one guy I would like if. Because like I'm not a fan of like having guys that are um, that have like all these transfer rumors up in their head, all these rumors circulating. Like for example, like Chalhanoglu. Like yeah. yeah, he's he's doing well, saying all oh, fake news. Don't believe it. But like, you know what? I wouldn't mind if he leaves and Milan pick up like a left-footed playmaker, like someone that can fully bring someone like Diaz under their wing. For like two, three years. I want to keep Hakan. Like, yeah, he's been good, but he's so very inconsistent. Like, he yeah, finished but... the season amazingly, and now he started it off like oh, kind no. of. No, but he's had a good year, in my opinion. Even if the num- even if the numbers. Oh, he's had there. a gr- he's had a great calendar year. Oh no, no, I'm talking about even this season. His numbers maybe aren't there, like assist wise or goal wise, but he's been good, in my opinion. He has the most. Look at the numbers. He has the he has the most key passes in Serie A. He's, he has the most chances created in Serie A. Um, He's he's finally pl- listen. We look at the years prior. He's playing left wing. He's not a left winger. He's a he's a he's a, a trick artista, a he's modern. So he's modern because he fills different holes on the field. I actually watched a little video, like there's a tactical video analyzing what he does for the team. And I don't know for anybody who's, for those who are listening. What are your thoughts on Hakan? Like he says fake news. I don't know if he's actually uh, demanding seven million euro. I don't I don't know. It could be I fake. I think if he is, there's something wrong with his head. No, if he's offering, if he's demanding seven million euro, he's he's not going to get more than Donnarumma and Ibra. Like he has to relax. But- I, I think it's just a like he's trying to just press for more money. That's all he's doing. I think he wants to stay. But even Fabio Romano was saying that they're just negotiating the contract and just price is the issue right now. Yeah, yeah, but for seven million euros, I'd rather get someone that's proven like Ozil, but, but play behind the yeah, uh, yeah, play behind the Ibra, is that, or get someone like Ericsson. Yeah, but do you want like Ericsson doesn't look good at Inter? Is he gonna look good at Milan? Yes, because he'd actually have a competent coach in a in a real system in his position. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I, I can make sense, but like, like you look yeah, like but, look at what Pochettino made Ericsson look like a top five center attacking mid in yeah, the world. But, yeah, but whenever Ozil had a competent head coach, he looked he was the best attacking playmaker in the world. I'm a big fan of Ozil, to be honest. Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan. Like what? Who did Ozil have? Ozil had Unai Emery. And the 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 professor and Mikel Arteta. Yeah, like, come on, like that's gonna be the biggest drop off after having someone like Arsene Wenger. He had and, Mourinho, Ancelotti. He had Mu- Ancelotti. He had Mourinho. Like, yeah, 
Even well, Wenger, like those are three masters of the game. He was good under Wenger too. He was amazing under Wenger. Oh, Arsenal made him player. amazing. Yeah, he's a good player. And honestly, I, but the, the only thing is with Eriksen and Ozil, Ozil is that they have high wages. They have high wages too. That's the only issue. And they're old. Uh, no, Eriksen maybe not, but Ozil no, old. But see, yeah. my, my argument is if we have to pay someone high wages, I'd rather it be to proven players. Yeah, but I think it'd be more than 7 million euro. Well, here's, uh, a, here's another name that they're saying that could be a potential replacement. He's on Club Rog. Uh, his name is Charles the uh, Kittler. Oh, I saw, yeah, Dicket Timer or something. Yeah. Dicket Lemmer. Yeah. Dicket Timer or whatever, yeah. He's in the Champions League. Like, I've been seeing his performances. He's really good. Like, I, I can see a lot of potential in him. And Or even Dominic Schobojlai. Well, oh, now, yeah, like what Nathan said. They announced. Well, yeah, yeah, but she, apparently, according to Sky he's Germany, going, going yeah, to he's going to Leipzig for 25. Yeah. Well, I, I, would you take Isco? Isco the Isco? Oh, hundred. He's been one of my favorite players. Yeah, I would like. I mean, if 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 Hakan, but the thing is though, if we can't renew his contract, I would hope that we try to sell him to get some money back in January. I really hope so. Well, here's the thing, like, uh, you know, say we get the money from him, you know, how about oh, we? If we if we can sell him for like, and listen, is is his contract expiring, so it won't be anything over ten million euro. Um, if we can sell him for a decent fee. And then get rid of his wage off the books, and that actually frees up money to buy someone else. And then you have to you have to redeem Brahim Diaz. So I think we will. Um, Hopefully, I, they actually make they have like a gentleman's. Agreement. We have a gentleman's agreement with Real Madrid, I think. And I think we have an. I honestly, I think we have a low key agreement with Manchester United for Diogo Dalo too. Dude, Dalo's learning Italian. Dalo wants to be here, man. I think, yeah, he's like, a, you think, think I, he wants to go back to that shit box of Manchester no, United? No, he doesn't. When, when I see a guy learning Italian. I think okay, maybe he's gonna. Maybe he was told something like, "Okay, hey, you might be staying here for the foreseeable future." Um, and like even like Alexis Salamakis, he was he. I don't know if you guys listened to his interview, but he's learned Italian. Like he's been, he speaks pretty well for a guy who's been here since January. Yeah. Um, well, also he spoke French. He spoke. Yeah, I know, I know. He spoke German, so for him it comes yeah. easy. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Yeah, usually if you if you can speak French, it's it's you know romance language. It's it's, it's easier, but exactly. it's still impressive. It's still impressive. Like, you know what? You know, but Umbi, like, there's one thing to say, yeah, I can speak it, but to go in front of a camera and speak, and to actually people, speak, it. it's tougher, right? So, um, and even like you know, you see Jan Peter Halga. Uh, Milan posted a video today of him learning Italian, which is nice, kind of funny. It's like an elementary school textbook. Yeah, uh, like uh, one line. Yeah, on a blank piece of paper. Has like the months and the days of the week, um, and the numbers. But no, still, it's in Delo's learning Italian. I actually like Delo a lot as a rotation fullback. He can play on both sides. Oh, I think he needs to start soon, very, very soon. But the issue is that Calabria's been good. Yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, I would still have Calabria. No, but, yeah, I wouldn't say Calabria's no, been good. good. I said he, I would say he's playing. He's playing like he should be playing. No, he's, he's been playing, he's been good for his standards. Bang bang above average. Yeah, but like he's hasn't made any mistakes. No, exactly. But the issue, the thing is that Delo, Delo is a player that can play in the Europa League and have, and you can put him in a Europa League match and have no, and have tons of confidence in him, right? So that, that that's why it's good for 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 rest and stuff like that. You, you give Teo that rest, like we're like imagine we play if we played like uh, Diego Luxal yesterday. Like actually, hilariously enough, he's been really really good for Celtic apparently. Um, yeah, yeah everyone league. loves him there. Yeah, like, yeah, I read all those tweets from Celtic. I talked to a couple Celtic fans, and they said that, like, yeah, like they, the the rumor is in, in Scotland. The rumor is that they're going to redeem him, uh, or 
the other rumor is that we're going to work on a deal to give them Lex Salt, and we're going to get Christophe uh, Ayer from them, a center back who's very good. Um, That'd be nice. I don't want Luck Salt back. So if they, uh, they I, I don't know if he like he didn't do he didn't stand out against Milan oh, in the first game. He did in the first leg. He did. He did. Yeah, he was good. He was really really good. He was there. He was him and uh, Fringpong are they like their best players. Yeah. Um, and like I, I was talking to my one friend, he said, yeah, like Ayer is like their leader. Like he's like one of their best players. Um, but he'd be a good like third fourth choice option, right? Like and he's young. He's young too. He's Norwegian as well. So. Good for Jan Spetter. Oh, my God. We get all these Norwegians. Soon. Oh, yeah. And also get Holland. Uh, oh, imagine we got Holland. Imagine Maldini comes in and just splashes the cash on now, early in breath Holland. Yes, exactly. And just imagine that, guys. If that does happen, you know what would happen to Milan after. We would just – I think we would be probably, you know, really big contenders. If we say we advance to the Champions League, right, and we get Holland, we're big contenders in the Champions League after. Yeah. I think if when the day Ibrahimovic retires, I think they need to make a splash on someone yes. like that just to prove that no, this wasn't just a short-term thing. We're like we're trying yes. to come back. and imagine Hauge, Holland, and having a competent attacking mid that's just gonna send them through balls day in day out. Mm-hmm. It would be uh, unstoppable. Those two guys and then the. Trey Quartista was phenomenal. If China logo stays, who knows? But I think that would be insane. But, yeah, January is going to be big. I think January is big. And the most important thing, if we make Champions League, I think the summertime is going to be even bigger because, you know, big, you know, star players want to play in the Champions League. And then, you know, Milan's back in it. Of course, a lot of players are going to want to play for us. You think Dalot wants to go to Manchester United and live there where it's always rainy, cloudy, cold? Like you got Milan, where it's like very international. I, you know, me as a player, I would prefer Milan over Manchester United or Manchester at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ooh, like, come on, you can't resist the food. Oh like, yeah, no. But then again, also Manchester is another historic team. It's it, like when you talk about historic teams, you talk about Real Madrid, you talk about Milan, you talk about Liverpool, Barcelona, uh, Manchester United. So it's normal. But then also they got the money. But it all depends on it also depends on the guy's head. I also think it's like the city itself too, because you know not only that you're playing there at that team, but you're also going to be living there. So I think players like cities like Madrid, Barcelona, Milan, cities like that. You know what I mean? Because oh. yeah, uh, I think that the the mercato in January is going to be extremely. I mean, they're all important, but they're going to be extremely, extremely important and. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough. And I think I, I believe in Maldini Mazzara. And hopefully we have a little bit of money to spend or I don't know if we're going to get rid of anybody. Cause I feel like I like, if anything, we get a center back and get rid of like Duarte, the, he's going to go back to Brazil or something. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll, I wouldn't get rid of him. He did decently well yesterday. Uh, he's decent fourth, fifth choice. I guess he'd be fifth choice right now. Exactly, and hey, and, you and just like, need... and Pierre Kalulu, by the way, like he plays center, he can play center back, he can also play right back. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what they bought him for now to yeah. be our new right back. Yeah, no, like they bought him for both. He's vers like I, I like versatility, and like like Diogo Dolo, he can play both sides the on left back and right back, which is massive, right? Like any injury happens, or I'm comfortable with Diego Dolo, uh, Diago, Diago, sorry, Diogo Dolo, Diogo. Diogo, it's not Diego, it's Diogo. Diogo. Um, but yeah, we've been talking for a long time. Um, 
we'll end it. We'll wrap it up here. Uh, we'll hopefully get another episode before Christmas. I'm really hoping so, or yeah. maybe even after. Um, Nathan, Rohit, thank you for your messages in the chat. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, stay tuned for the next episodes, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a DM whenever you want. Um, we'll thank Patrick Kendrick for coming on. Really awesome city act commentator. I've been listening oh, that was to amazing years. to have him. We yeah, had a celebrity on our podcast. <laughs> great because like, I'm assuming like, you you know his voice, right? You hear him talk. It's like, oh, I know that guy. Um, yeah, now now we'll actually know him. We'll be like, oh crap, yeah, we exactly, actually we exactly. actually did a podcast oh, with him. Great guy, and uh, honestly, I, I'm gonna talk to him. We'll bring him on in the future again. Uh, but yeah, uh, Umbi Marco, uh, it was really great talking to you guys again. And guys, for the Milan guys listeners, thanks so much for listening. Um, we're all going to hope to have a episode before Christmas, but if not, happy holidays, uh, Merry Christmas, or Hanukkah, or whatever you Happy celebrate. holidays and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Or whatever you celebrate, celebrate it safely. Um, but yeah, it was nice talking to Patrick and you guys. And yeah, we'll end it off for this episode. Okay. Forza Milan. Ciao, guys. Forza Napoli sempre. No. <laughs>